0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents, Dr. Lynn Hiles, That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles.
1: I want to welcome you back to the program again today, and thank you for joining us every week. I trust you're enjoying the program. If you are, please tell your friends and and folks that you think would get something from this ministry to tune in and join us uh, every, every week at the same time. Let me just say also, for those of you that may have just found us for the first time, and you said, man, I I really like what I'm hearing, like to hear more, uh, let me tell you that everything that we have aired to date is available on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel there, and I think my son told me uh, this week that we have aired over 450 programs uh, already in the eight years we have been on national television. But you can go back there and at your leisure watch them uh, in the uh, uh, on your Roku device or uh, your iPad or anything that can get YouTube. Uh, if you like to redeem the time while you're in your automobile there is also a podcast that you can uh, listen to that has the audio portion of this. You say, well I don't have a uh, I don't have an Apple device to listen. Well, you can get the Android RSS feed as well. And the easiest way to do that is to go to my website, which there's a website on the lower part of the screen. Go to my website at linhouse.com, and there is a direct link there uh, from uh, those little icons that will take you directly to our channel where you don't even have to look it up, and then you can, uh, you can enjoy that at your leisure. We've been talking about the book of Joshua, for the last two weeks, my oldest son Jeremy, who's the pastor of Word That Freeze in Winchester, Virginia, is on set with me again today, and we just have a conversation and let you listen in. But they have a great church that he just planted in Winchester, Virginia. They meet at Sweet Nola's. There'll be some information on the screen for how to contact him uh, if you'd like to go and be in one of their meetings in Winchester, Virginia. It's good to have you on the set again today. I know this is kind of, book of Joshua is kind of your cup of tea, so I just wanted to get uh, some of that uh, and let, it just so much easier anyway when you have somebody to have a conversation with and talk a little bit. But we're going to get back to the book of Joshua. Uh, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. And every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness, and this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites, and under the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for under this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from the right hand, or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Uh, let me just stop there because that's probably about all the further we're going to get today. Uh, but you know one of the things that I wanted to say is that in the, I think in the first couple segments we pretty well established the fact that what the book of Joshua pictures is of course under the Old Testament a real piece of real estate. Mm-hmm. But in the new covenant our promised land is not heaven, it is rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 3 said, there remains therefore a rest to the people of God. And he Paul, or whoever it is that wrote Hebrews, said, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, you would come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, but the word not mixed with faith did not profit them in them that, that believed not, and they fell in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking to them, these Hebrews, about this wilderness journey. Yep. And he's saying to them, man be careful that you fail, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into that rest. Mm-hmm. Now to me again, the rest does not mean that we become spiritual couch potatoes. It means we enter into Somebody else's works and labor, and which is the work of Christ. So we rest because of the work He's done and continues to do in us. And so, as I think about this promised land, we started talking about, you know, in the last couple weeks, that in Christ all of God's promises are yes and amen. And so uh, we we can we can stand in those promises. And He tells them. He just encourages them. He said, "Be strong, good courage." for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance of the land which I swear unto them. I think we've got to preach a message that gives people courage. And I think that comes when we stop putting our focus on how thick the walls are, mm-hmm. how big the giants are, how big the devil is, and we start changing what we're focusing on. Because two spies who were not the majority, sometimes we hear people say to us about our message, well, you know, not many of you are preaching this. No. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. Because if that's the case, down through history, we might be on the right side. (laughs) Because the two spies came back. I mean, these other guys are going, man, these are some big giants. These are some thick walls. Mm -hmm. We're grasshoppers in our own sight. And so are we in ours. And the other two came back and said, you ain't going to believe the size of the grapes over there. So it's where we put our focus and our emphasis. They started preaching on the bigness of God and the bigness of the fruit and started, you know, getting rid of losing mentalities. Jump in there a little bit. I think you probably can. You know, even with uh,
0: this this generation that actually Joshua brings into the Promised Land, it's a generation that doesn't look, they don't look like the covenants of promise that was uh, required by Moses. In other words, you know, after they crossed the Red, or after they crossed the Jordan, the first place they come to is Gilgal, and another name for Gilgal was the Hill of Forskin, mm-hmm. because it's a whole generation that's never been circumcised according to yep. the circumcision that was required mm-hmm. for the covenants of promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they're they they're, they're crossing this place. They they you know, their parents anything their parents knew was the Egyptian bondage. The only thing they know is this whole wilderness journey. Yep. you know where they've ate manna all you know they've ate manna their whole life until they crossed this Jordan mm-hmm. and then they start eating from the corn that's left in mm-hmm. the land and they start celebrating the Passover and uh, remembrance of what took place in Egypt you know this so you have a whole generation that that's coming into this promised land that didn't look like what they should look like and mm-hmm. and, and hadn't experienced what necessarily religion had told them they should have experienced up to this point because they were coming into a place they've never been before. And Joshua is leading this generation that didn't look like the people they should look like yet, or didn't look like the way they should look just yet. He brings them in, and he begins to show them, first off, <clears throat> when he brings them in the promised land, the first thing he shows them is, we're going to enter this by constantly viewing the mercy seat, you know, the where you know the um, when you get into the New Testament, it talks about the Christ is our, perpet- our, our, our perpetuation yeah. or our mercy seat. So they've got a view of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're crossing a, a, a river that's that's rolled back clear back to the city of Adam, while they cross over on the, onto dry land. They're eating corn when all their life again, they're, they're, all they've ate was manna, which you know the the manna means what is it? Mm-hmm. But this time they're eating of the old corn of the land where. You get into the New Testament again, it says, and it's, it's a picture of Christ unless the kernel of wheat. of wheat falls into the ground and binds alone. But if it, if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. They're, eating, they're feeding on Christ. They're, ha- they're celebrating the Passover, which, again, is a picture of Christ delivered us through the blood on the doorpost. And by the blood of the lamb and by partaking of that lamb, we, we, we enter this promised land. Mm-hmm. So everything they're doing. The, the circumcision that takes place even mm-hmm. is really a, is because in the New Covenant we're not circumcised in the flesh, we're circumcised. In it. It's a new circumcision. yeah you know, So there's a whole thing that's taking place. It's also the place <coughs> where uh, once they when they crossed that Jordan, the stones that were to be taken and placed uh, where they rested that night as a monument to their children so that when one day he says, your children are going to ask what means these stones, and you're going to be able to tell them what they mean that god brought us across this jordan brought us into this promised land that he began to fulfill everything that he told us he would it's going to be a reminder of that uh so there's a there well you uh what's funny is you get into the book of uh judges and there's a judge by the name of ehud and it says that he went to go pay tribute to a king because they'd let some in inha- they left some inhabitants of land they didn't fully take well, all the stuff that was theirs they got comfortable they got mm-hmm. lazy you know you talk about well you know just because we enter into the rest doesn't mean we become there's still some work to be done and if we don't if we don't continue the work of Christ there are some enemies that can get into our land that can be detriment to us Mm -hmm. that we might end up paying tribute to later that we're not supposed to pay tribute to but it says that Ehud went and paid tribute to him left that king and gets to the place where he saw says he got to Gilgal and he got to the rock quarry and something hit him and said, "This isn't what it's supposed to be." He remembered. He looked at that. Pile, what he did was, he looked at that pile of rocks. at Gilgal remembered what God did for him. Remembered, you know, them eating that Passover and eating that corner of the land and coming across that Jordan and everything that those rocks were meant to remind them of. Mm-hmm. He got a reminder of that and says, "You know what? This is not the way we're supposed to live." And he returns to that fat king and slays him, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, and brings some judgment and brings some salvation He does it with a two-edged
1: dagger, which is the word of God, you
0: know. Uh, You get then also into the New Testament. And it says, you know, when they're sitting there at that Jordan and they're saying, you know, you call yourselves seeds of Abraham. But I'm telling you, I'm able to raise up seeds. I'm able to take these stones and raise up seeds from Abraham. And he's not really talking about, I'm going to take these rocks and make them live. What he's talking about is, I'm going to see some people that's going to remember what these rocks mean what the salvation and deliverance and how we're how we god delivered them and brought them in how joshua brought them into a promised land somebody's going to see them stones and they're going to get a hold of not a covenant that's by works but it's a covenant of faith they're going to get some faith and say you know what i could be a seed of abraham and i can have the promises of god this is for today it's the, the promises of god are yes and amen and begin to take a hold of it that's what that pile of rocks was meant to represent and so when you begin to get a whole, when you see what Joshua did does with this generation that came up out of wilderness, and all they've known is we're wandering, as long as that tent's moving, as long as that cloud's moving, that's where we're going. When that cloud's of rest, we'll rest, and we'll we'll, we'll stay here, and they see, you know, we, we're going from place to place, and we're seeing miracle after miracle, but God doesn't just want to leave us in a place where we're looking for miracles. He wants to bring us to the place where it's there. It's, it's perpetual. It's there every day. It's, it's it's the blessings of God that are, yes, and amen. And a generation that doesn't look like the way they're supposed to. Yep. Don't look like the Christian look. Yeah. Begin to receive it, not because they they towed the line and looked the look, but because they saw something in the creative faith, and they begin to feed on nothing but Jesus. Again, they saw the ark, yep. they see an ark. Yep. That's Christ seated on the throne. Yep. They begin to eat of the corn, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. They do it in three days, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. They get a circumcision of their heart. They begin to remember the Passover of what the cross really did to bring salvation and and rebuke the death angel from off our life and give us life and that more abundantly. See, when we begin to teach a generation that don't look like the generation, that you don't look like the Christians we always think they ought to look like, but we begin to preach Jesus to them, what we do is we raise up powerful people that begin to inherit houses they did not build, vineyards they did not plant. And they begin to walk into this promised land like God intended it. Yeah.
1: You know, one of the things that the, the, the Spirit of the Lord really began to have me emphasize in the last couple months is where God said to Joshua, there's a generation that was born in the wilderness that were not circumcised. Mm-hmm. And He said, circumcise them again. And, you know, as I have begun to observe, you know, over the years that we've taught the gospel of grace, freedom from mm-hmm. law, um, you know, the gospel of the kingdom, Uh, I've started to watch again that there's almost like a generation that don't have any sense of uh, I'm not talking about legalism, but Mm -hmm. I'm talking about don't have any sense of what it means to live this Christian life, this quality of life. Because he said, I came, you know, the last segment we talked about from a Matthew 11, he said, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Uh, Walk with me work with me see how i do it you'll recover your life and so what what a lot of people don't realize is that you can trade the bondage of religion for the bondage of let's say substance abuse mm-hmm. and you still didn't recover your life yeah. you got free from yeah. but you didn't get free too yeah in other words I, I you know in you some of the things you were talking about about the crossing of the jordan is in this book from law to grace you can get that by going on our website but it talks about Jesus, you know, when you were talking about, uh, they looked up over the bank of the Jordan River and they saw, uh, and, and, and uh, they saw that pile of rocks. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it was the same pile of rocks. Because mm-hmm. they're crossing the Jordan, I believe, at the same location. And here's Jesus. You know, they told Joshua, when Joshua got ready to take the, the children in, he said, God give me the strategy. He said, well, when you see a priest, you know, carry an ark in the Middle of River Jordan, you're going to know it's time to cross over. Well, we get into Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist is a priest. Yeah. Jesus is the ark, and he carries him down into the middle of the river Jordan, and it is, could, should have screamed to this first century people, it's time to cross over. Yeah. And if that didn't wasn't enough for them to realize it's time to cross over into a better covenant, a better promise, a better promised land, if that wasn't enough, John the Baptist looks up over the bank of the Jordan River and sees that stack of rocks that they picked up out of the Jordan River under Joshua and stacked them on the other side. He said, because one day your children are going to ask you, what does this pile of rocks mean? And you're going to tell them, when you see a priest carry the ark in the river, you're going to know it's time to cross over. I mean, he points at that very pile of rocks and says, God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. It should have screamed, it's time to cross over. But as I watched us, and in, 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 I think these are very good points to work with. But as I've watched, you know, I've watched the heart of people that, uh, you know, even as John the Baptist, his yeah. message was repent. Mm-hmm. The kingdom is at hand. And the word repent doesn't mean you need to get saved. It means you need to, you know, change the way you think or turn from. But see, repentance, you know, can be to change one's yeah. bent. So, it, but, but it's not just what you turn from. It's what you turn toward. I want to say this very clearly, because I think it's going to help somebody. As we get accused, those of us who preach grace for giving people a license to sin, mm-hmm. freedom from the law is only half the message. That's what you turn from. Moses yeah. is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Yeah. We make no apologies about that, not going back on that. But but repentance is only half of what you turn from, but it's what you turn toward. Yeah. And so, if you turn from law and you turn from legalism when we first started preaching grace, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon of grace i 'm free i 'm free you know and they ruined their lives in freedom because they traded that bondage for another bondage mm-hmm. they changed the bondage of religion for the bondage of substance abuse or some other thing, and wrecked their lives. This is about recovering your life yeah. still it 's about having your heart yeah. circumcised, and so you know one of what happens is that That repentance is not just what you turn from, but what you turn toward. Because when our hearts shall turn toward the Lord, then the veil is taken away. And I know this is a play on words, because I know untoward means an evil generation, but the word, if you're untoward it's because you're not toward the Lord, you know. I know that's a little bit of a play on words, but nevertheless, you know, uh, uh, you have, people turn from. Yeah. And then they got so they wanted to prove how free they were, you know, I'm free, I'm free, I want to say, I'm Facebook free. And I see stuff on Facebook that just because you can don't mean you should, and if you do, don't put it on Facebook. Because some of these freedoms become bondages. Paul says, offer yourself to sin, and it's your last free act. So what they've done is they've turned from, but they've not turned toward. And I think part of what helps that, see, he says circumcise them again. And I really believe prophetically the Lord said to me, we are at a stage when there's going to have to be a generation circumcised in the heart. In other words, God, the Holy Spirit, yeah. is what does the work of circumcision in our heart. Of course, yeah. He talks about water baptism in the New Covenant as being equivalent to that token of the covenant of the circumcision of the heart. So when our hearts are circumcised and our heart changes, and that's yeah. what He promises in Deuteronomy, I'm going to circumcise the heart of this next generation. So to me that was the second circumcision. Yeah. And then when you feed them, like you said, on the old corner of the land, We're bringing people back to a steady diet that, you know, of death, burial, resurrection, not just what Jesus did for you. People got that. But it's what He did as you. You know, I I know I'm taking a little bit of time in this segment, but I was thinking, you know, last uh, this month I sent out a message on the message of the month that I I talked about the two stacks of six loaves of bread in the tabernacle of Moses. And I I, I hang the, the right to teach from the tabernacle of Moses, on the book of Hebrews it says that the tabernacle that Moses built was a pattern of the heavens. Yeah. And God said, if you'll build in the earth what I just showed you in the heavens, I'll come live with you. God wants the tabernacle with men. But anyway, there was this big table in the middle of this um, tabernacle called the, the, the table of showbread, or the bread of His face, or the bread of presence is what it means. Yes. And this table had on it two stacks of six loaves of bread. Well, if Jesus is the true bread that came down from heaven, then what we need to feed on. Listen to me. Even if you're a pastor, we feed people on self-help programs. We need to sit, feed them on a steady diet of what Jesus did for and as us. But here's what the, the to me the, the once there's one stack of six loaves of bread, and that's what Jesus did. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. He's quickened. He's raised and he's right now seated. That's the first stack of six loaves. Mm -hmm. That's what we feed on. Now a lot of people ate that. This is what Jesus did for me. But the second stack is appropriating the finished work. It's equivalent to putting your feet in the promised land. Mm -hmm. Because the second stack of six loaves of bread that we need to start feeding on is, I was crucified with Christ. I died with Him. I was buried with Him in baptism. I was quickened with Him. I was raised with Him, and I'm right now seated with Him. And the more I feed on that, the more it brings me into my promise. Because like you said, we're looking for the magic wand of all the miracles of the manna in the wilderness, and some of that was, you know, God still gives us miracles. Mm -hmm. But once we start feeding on the finished work, it's what really does the work inside of us.
0: You know, I would say too, the crossing of that Jordan of that generation uh, is important because it was their experience of jesus you Mm -hmm. know i I said the other day yeah. there i've heard a million messages in my life probably i don't remember very many of them Mm -hmm. but i do remember the encounters of the lord that i had yeah you know the 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 filling of the holy spirit the you know the the receiving jesus into my life i remember those they'll never go away Mm -hmm. i believe even the generation crossing that jordan was to them their experience god encountering them the thing that they would remember that was going to empower them you know, and that's what made them want to be circumcised again and, and uh, you know, partake of that Passover and different things because they had an experience that probably they had heard the story of for 40 years mm-hmm. of how God brought them across the Red, you know, brought their fathers across the Red Sea. They'd heard that story. They heard some, the encounters of their father, but they never had the encounters of themselves. Uh, you know, I know they saw the miracles, you know, but but I'm talking about the encounters. I think sometimes we preach... We get good sometimes too at preaching a message but not giving opportunity for another generation to encounter right. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's one thing that will change people's lives forever it's when they have an yep. encounter with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the thing that's made me, has brought me to the place I am today is not because of all the messages I heard and all the, the growing up in a Christian home, all that stuff. What has kept me and brought me to the place that I am was that encounter i had with jesus or, or the encounters that i had with jesus that i'll always remember and know that's real nobody can ever talk me out of yeah, it yeah. it's not a message it's not a you know it's not a not, open for, debate. <laughs> not open for debate i don't for debate i i know when i encounter jesus yeah. i know what that did for me and i i will never you know i'll never be the same because of it yeah and so even for that jordan i think that that jordan was their encounter with what god the, the great things that god was going to do not for their fathers but really do for them as he brought them into yep. that promised land it's what empowered them to begin to take the land and i think sometimes we have gotten good at preaching but we've not gotten good to give an opportunity for god to move in our midst and encounter a generation if we really want to see the world change we want to see you know uh, a generation forever impacted and we've got to start giving some opportunity the Holy Spirit and for Jesus to really encounter them and change them. Mm-hmm. We've got to give that place for the Holy Spirit to work in their lives and, and and them to receive Jesus to know for themselves this isn't a message. This is real. Yeah. I, I you know I, I've encountered this. You can't now you can't talk me out of it. Yeah. Because I tell you what, as long as it's a message, you can have all oh, yeah. kinds of different religions that'll talk you out of out of what you believe. Yeah. It'll sound good and you'll follow that too. And that's what's happened with our generation a lot of times is it's all we've heard is the messages. They go, well, that sounds good, too. So that, that must be true, too. Well, that's just as much God as what I hear over here in church. Or, and they, they're, they're, they're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Yeah. But when you've had an encounter with Jesus, and we allow that to happen in our churches and allow that to happen in our midst, you can't, you, talk, you can't talk them out of that then. They know what's real. They've had an encounter with it. They've, they've seen Jesus for themselves. And I think that's one of the things I think the Lord really wants to restore in this time is that real heart for encounter, for the Spirit of God to move in our midst. Yep. And not like it did under legalism. right? But under, uh, you know, but really from a place where God's able, again where there's no walls built yeah. up to separate us, but they're, they're really able to encounter Jesus for who He is and see Him as He is. Yep. Uh, you know, so I, I believe there really has to be even a change in the hearts of even some pastors and some ministers, that we're not just building churches, but we really are start building people and we give opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move in our midst.
1: Yep, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, is part of the promised land. Because He said to them, go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the Spirit. Because that was part of the promise of yep. the new covenant, is the indwelling Holy Ghost. And of course, you've been around, uh, you know, our family has always had this youth camp that we've done that's just been one of the most phenomenal things ever. And of course, we came through some of the legalism, but in the last yep. you know, many years, it's not on legalism. But I'm telling you, man, when you see just 50, 60 kids at a time getting filled with the Holy Ghost, saw it in Tulsa just a few weeks ago yep. in a convention or conference, yep. people getting filled with the Holy Ghost, just saw a few, just several places we've been recently because another generation never had the experience. And they don't have to have it the way we had it, yep. but but we need to give them the opportunity to experience the power of the Holy Ghost for themselves. And man, you know, when I see our young people like we see, and man, some of our young people in our church can pray with these kids at the altars better than I just stood back this year. They were laying hands on each other, and the power of God just fell, and and the Holy Ghost, when you see that, there's just something about that that says this is more than a message. Mm That's what they need, because we can fall out over all kinds of arguments, but people need an encounter with the Holy Ghost when the Holy every Christ
0: time I see somebody get filled with the Holy Ghost, it brings me back to that encounter I had, yeah, you know and and reminds me it's 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 like it's like the monuments, yeah, it's a reminder yep. of hey man, this is what God did, He brought us out of the land of bondage yep. He brought us out of bondage and he has brought yep. us into his kingdom, yeah and, and it's always a reminder I sit there when somebody gets saved or filled with the Holy Ghost, man, it always brings a tear to my eye because I know what it did for me,
1: yeah. and I know what it'll do with somebody else. Yeah, We're out of time. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can receive it right there in your living room today. Just wherever you're at, just receive it. When when the Spirit of God begins to move on you, just begin to allow the Holy Ghost to move and talk to you and speak the words that He gives to your mind, whether stammering lips or whatever. But just let it flow and receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, if you have enjoyed the program and you would like to sow a seed into our ministry, you'd like to help us financially, call the number on the screen. If you don't get an answer, please leave a message and we will call you back. we have a limited staff and sometimes We're not always on the phone. Uh, The easiest way to do that is to go to our website, and it's at the left-hand corner of the screen, and you can give via credit card or debit card, or you can give by check or money order by writing the address on the screen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.
0: The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.